You're listening to Sprott Money's Monthly Wrap-Up with Craig Hemke. Welcome back to Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. And it is time for your April monthly wrap-up, one of those features we do every month here at Sprott Money. You want to subscribe to the channel wherever you're watching. Uh, subscribe, like, whatever it is that you can always be notified whenever there is new content, whether it's the monthly projections with Christopher Mullen, maybe it's the Ask the Expert segment, maybe it's some of the great articles written by people like David Brady, or maybe it's your monthly wrap-up. And you want to make sure you're getting these notices because you never know when a special guest might show up like today's everyone's favorite retiree, Eric Sprott himself. There he is. Hey, Eric. Hey, Craig. Happy to be with you. And then many have said April. Well, yeah, I'm the April fool, I guess. Is that the idea? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people looking at the two of us going, oh, those two jokers. <laughs> we, feel like, we feel like the old guys in the Muppets, right? Right. <laughs> I was lousy. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, hey, let's. By the way, thinking of that, I was actually yeah. thinking that I got to give a speech uh, a couple of days from now. And I was thinking, you know what? I finally got to use the number 60 years. I've been investing for 60 years. Wow. That yeah. was back like when you had to read the tape, right? And you're like, uh, you did. Yeah. Everything was handwritten, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I remember back when they had order tickets. You had to make sure you filled out a green one or a red one so that yeah, you wouldn't yeah, screw right. up if it was by yourself. <laughs> Come a long yeah. way, haven't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I look forward to getting caught up with you. I, I do want to remind everybody that there's a company called Sprott Money, which has your name on it, by the way. Um, that is a fabulous online bullion dealer, and they are the sponsors of this content. So you want to keep this stuff coming. I can throw them a bone every once in a while. Go to SprottMoney.com. Check out their deals on bullion and storage of that bullion. Always great deals. Uh, periodic sales from time to time. You want to always be checking the site. Or of course, just call them up at 888-861-0775. Um, Eric, I think we last spoke at the end of 2022. And um, if memory serves me right, you and I were both pretty bullish about where we're headed this year. We're off to a pretty good start. Um, let's start there. It's, it's We're four months in the year. We're a third of the way through. What have you seen that has caught your eye and what are you expecting from here? Well, I, I think uh, as I sit and look at where the financial world is today, I think that we are in the early innings of a banking crisis we already lost three banks in the United States. We lost one in Europe, a big one, Credit Suisse. It looks like First Republic, not going to make it. And as you think of how quickly, how quickly these banks just disappear. I mean, that um, Silicon Valley Bank, I mean, it was gone in about three weeks. First Republic will probably ultimately be like six weeks or something. People just take their money out because of the mismanagement of the assets versus the liabilities. The liabilities, the deposits, can walk out the door just like that, and uh, now you got a total mismatch because the assets that you have, you can't sell them. They're, they're all going down in value because they're all financially related, and once the interest rates go up, that mortgage isn't worth it, the commercial real estate mortgage isn't, the building is going down in value, you see it in, uh, We've had Brookfield already default on two sets of buildings, one in uh, Washington, one in L.A. BlackRock defaulted on some buildings. 
It's just going to keep going. These defaults are going to keep going. I got a guy building a big building just outside of me, and I've been away for six months to come back. I'm looking at the building, so hold it now. There's no movement in that building anymore. He's got like two and a half stories built, and I'm sure he can look at we got 15 million in the building, but it's going to cost another 85 to finish it. And when we finish this hundred million dollar building, it won't be worth 50. Maybe we should stop now. And <laughs> it sounds has. like silver. <laughs> you know, so this whole commercial real estate thing, there's what, there's three trillion of commercial mortgages. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. whole formula, you know. Uh, building used to be 90% occupied. Now it's 50% occupied. And maybe you got to give the guy a rent break and your cost used to be X. And now it's two X because of the interest costs have gone up. If you can get the loan, if you can get the loan. And there's a lot of that, if not happening anymore in commercial real estate, yeah. like who's going to lend you the money in commercial real estate. Yeah. They're not going to lend you the money on the same terms. I mean, it'd be ridiculous. So I think the banking crisis is alive and well. And, you know, I think just as we watch it manifest itself and watch what people do with their money, I mean, how fast they can take it out. For example, we see that Bitcoin shot up today. Gold has done nothing yet. But uh, and not that I'm saying Bitcoin is a good safe haven. I don't believe that at all. But people, other people do. But I'm, I'm certain that, that gold and silver are safe havens. And we're going to see lots of demand. For gold and silver there was a little item that said the uh the search and on google this the search engine seats has seen its highest uh request for where do i buy gold yeah ever yeah. so it's all good and you know, i just saw the uh, import data for china on gold and silver it was just crazy big you the you saw the retail sales for uh in china I forget what they're up. I think they're up 10%. But the jewelry sales led the parade up 34. Yeah. So it's. I think a lot of good things are happening. I think a lot of people realize these economies and these debt problems that we have, including, you know, the debt limits in the states, which I don't know how they're going to get over that bridge between mm -hmm. the difference between the two parties. is just so wide that somebody better figure out something. Eric, the banking crisis thing seems like kind of a, a double problem for the Fed in that, you know, as, as banks get squeezed, they're going to lend less and less, you know, with the commercial real estate issue and all that stuff. And then on top of that, you've got they've got to bail them all out, right. you know, whether and and so where do you fall on this, you know, eventuality of QE and everything else? Because I mean, there's people out there that think, oh, no, 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 the Fed's just going to keep hiking. They're going to drown out inflation and it's different this time. I don't believe the Fed can keep hiking, okay? And you kind of hear it in the voices of the people in commercial real estate, the people in the hotel business. Look, we can't take any more increases, okay? It's just, it's not going to work here. So what do I imagine? The only one way of stopping this banking crisis, by the way, is to reduce the rates such that theoretically the building can be funded again. You can't fund it at 6 and 7 and 8%. It doesn't make any sense. The formula doesn't work. Why would anybody refund here, bank? You take the goddamn building. Yeah. You know, and what are they going to do with it? So they got to stop this thing somewhere. I'm not, you know, necessarily predicting that they will cut the rate soon, but they have a big problem on their hands, which is where you're going. There's a problem that's sitting right in front of them, and they got to deal with it quickly. And I think this thing about worrying about inflation 
is not what they, the Fed should be worrying about today. They should be worrying about the banking crisis that they fomented. Right. That they fomented. And of course, it goes back, you know, 20 years that they fomented this thing with the rates going to zero in, in the first place, which yeah. was a joke. Yeah. So yeah, they're going to have to do something, I think. It would, and I think if they overtly said we're going to do something, I think it would be good for the precious metals. People would realize that the currency is vulnerable here. Uh, you and I were talking about the currency just before this podcast. And I mean, it's within an ace of breaking down here. And the somebody, dollar index. Yeah, the dollar index. Some people are calling the dollar index, which is like 101 today, to go to like 70. And like, what's that going to do for inflation? Well, yeah, right, right. You're already in a, a recession and you've got all this inflation around you because everyone is going to charge you more for your your goods because your currency is weak. Yeah. Speaking of currencies, I should point this data point out. I was reading about Argentina and it's a stunning number. Their inflation this year is 102%. Is when, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with that? And of course, all I would wish is that everybody in Argentina either had the US dollar or gold, but knowing that the US dollar is going to go down, there's only one choice. Yeah. One logical choice, and that is to have gold or silver. Yeah. And, and when are people going to come around to this? Do, do you think, Eric, um, I, I just had a friend of mine asking me this over the weekend, the, the central bank digital currency. Yeah. You know, eventually, I, you know, we all worry it's going to be this draconian thing, you know, where they're going to track every purchase and all that stuff. But is it initially, are they rushing to get it out just so that they can directly feed zeros and ones to the banks? Yeah, I don't get I don't get the need for digital currency unless it's just, you know, your money is going to be worthless. So that's create a new money. That, yeah. That's all I think of yeah. it. Why, why we as a population would want that? We shouldn't right. want it, in my mind. Right. You know, it's, it's the banking elite that want to go there so they can keep doing what they do. Right. Right. And when I think about banking, I always find it somewhat ridiculous that banks can have their profits go up 15% every year for the last 40 years. And the population grows at 1%. Well, how do you get 15% more when 1% more fools out there? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent like, point. You're doing, you're doing something. Yeah. <laughs> you're taking more of the pie all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, um, should we start with silver or do you want to talk about gold? Where, which one do you want to talk about first? I want to talk about chat GPT. Ah, let's do it. Chat GPT. Because somebody asked Chat GPT, what is a recommended portfolio, a defensive portfolio in today's environment? And Chat GPT, after, and the smartest guy in the room, he only looked at trillions and trillions and trillions of data. And he came out and said, well, you should have 40% in bonds, you should have 20%, let's say 10% in cash, uh, another 30% in stocks. And get this. 20% in precious metals, 20. Chat GPT, everyone's smartest guy in the room. Yeah, right. I always thought, I always prefer computers over people. <laughs> you know, the computer's looking at all the data. That's where you gotta be, man. Right, objective. And as you and I know, and most gold investors know, when we have these economic disruptions, the price of gold doesn't go up a little. Yeah. When you get bull market, it goes up to seven or eight hundred percent, and then the stocks go up double that, which is outer worldly returns. Okay. Yeah. 
Right. And we, right. we've already seen lots of instances of where we can imagine great things happen. So, for example, silver's up 45% off the low. Uh, gold, uh, I don't want to get 350. Uh, it's up about 20% off the low. The stocks, I don't know what the stocks are up by, but I think it's like 30 or 40%. Well, the stock market's going down. Yeah. Maybe the S&P up 10% and gold stocks are up like 35 or something. Mm -hmm. We're already seeing the signs of what is logical to be happening in the environment we find ourselves in. It's very logical. And I just think it's going to play out again. And one of the guys that I rely on is Michael Oliver, who you've interviewed. And he, you know, he called the top of the market in NASDAQ January of 22 and the S&P in February. And he's been as right as rain about everything that's going on. And he is just outer worldly about where silver is going. Going to blow through 30, go through the old high of 50. And there's a lot of upside. And if he's correct, I mean, the upside will be stupendous, okay, for the share. Like, it'd be dramatic what would happen. And and one of the things that I kind of favor these days or looked more closely, I've been a little involved with, is some of these uh, very large low-grade deposits where, you know, let's say you got a one-gram deposit and, you you know, your cost is uh, 80 cents on the dollar, you're making 20 cents, but now the price of gold goes from 2000 to 2500 I mean, the, your profitability just went up by 250%, right? Because it's all profit from 2000 to, mm -hmm. to 25. In fact, it was all profit from probably probably 1600 to 2000 is all profit. So things just explode. So there's, I noticed that I don't own Seabridge, but someone was saying, well, it looks like Seabridge is going to go. And of course, Seabridge has what, 30 or 40 million ounces. I don't even know the number, low grade ounces. But hey, that's where you want to be looking. Uh, we own Tudor, uh, Tudor, who says they have roughly 30 million ounces of resources uh, up at Treaty Creek. We own Freegold that came out and said, well, you know, uh, using a certain cutoff and whatever, we could have 20 million ounces. And I would say between Tudor and Freegold, as an example, and even Seabridge, I know in Tudor and, and Freegold's uh, situation, you're probably buying the, the gold in the ground for $5 US, five. Trade for two thousand. Yeah, got to be worth more than five. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if the price went to three thousand or four thousand right. or five thousand. Right. What right. the hell's this gold worth? Well, oh, let, let me ask you that because you know, I, I you know, if gold's going to break out and it's going to go above the the old all time highs and probably yeah. rally at least ten percent to twenty three hundred. I you know, I see the people that say, oh. It's, once it's above there, it's going to 3000 immediately. And I'm like, eh, I don't think that's the way the banks work that market. You know, um, I could. So if I could play not devil's advocate, but I think yeah. it's easy to say bank advocate. Can we just swap out devil for bank? That makes right. sense. Um, how how do we get to $4,000 or $5,000 gold with them still running the show? Well, here's what I'd say, Craig. They've always run the show. Okay. They yeah. always. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you know, back in two thousand, gold was two fifty. Yeah, yeah. It went to two thousand. Yes. It went up seven hundred percent. while with them in control. With them well, in charge. Obviously, mm -hmm. obviously, they lost a little bit of control. Okay, I, I think mm -hmm. the control game is for them. Every three months, to let it go up, get everybody in, take it, get them all buying options, and we take it all down. Just like <laughs> you wrote about recently, a great write up, by the way, 
where we're going to take it down to max pain where all the uh, option holders lose everything. We want to make sure our customers lose everything and we make everything uh, again. And so yeah, it was, might be they're more into the three month cycle, you know, and it can yeah. go up in instance, right? Mm -hmm. But they're still, they're still big short. I don't know how they don't record it, the losses, but as you know, banking is a rather strange business. Well, this may not be a mark to market thing, you know. Yeah. You don't have to mark your loss, just like the Silicon Valley Bank didn't have to take the loss on things. Right. And then the, the depositors say, well, they haven't taken the loss. If they took the loss, my deposit would be at risk, which it would have been, which it was. Which it was. And had to step in, right? Right. So I'm not worried about what the banks would like to do, because I kind of think it's out of their control now. There's too many people buying in the world, okay? China, yeah. Russia, Indonesia, Malaysia, Brazil, Turkey, Iran. There's just there's more of them than us, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And and they like gold. Right, and 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 they have to. It's some. I mean, they'll do it, I guess, until they can't make money at it anymore. I mean, and and so, is do you think? And one of the things I've been writing about this year is the idea of whether it's copper or a nickel, you know, that's backed by bags of rocks. I'm sure you saw that story. Um, one of these other markets that, you know, that works under this digital derivative, you know, fractional reserve pricing structure, could one of those other markets fail or get close to fail? And that could be enough to put a fear of God in these banks or make a little run. I think we saw that with the nickel market, you know, in the old, yeah. in the old May. I mean, they just, those guys were going to be toasted, but they got bailed out. Okay. Right. They just stopped trading they changed the rules just like they did with the hunt brothers they changed the rules on them yeah and they may yet do that in the comex who knows um but the fact is that there's likely to more like likelihood of being shortages so i'm reading about palladium today and how the south <laughs> african power company where i think they already produce 70 percent of the flame but well we might have a lot less electricity this year than last year and of course you got to give it to the homeowner first Right. And the business sure. second. Mm -hmm. So you guys might want to be prepared for a little more shutdown than you're used to. And of course, plating looks like it's going to perk up here. So that that that's a metal that already has done things like that before, yes. where all yes. of a sudden these guys were short and they get run out of town. So now they I think those guys realize they can get run out of town too, if there's enough interest. And of course, you have this theme where a lot of individuals, and I think maybe even hedge funds, buy these one-day options. You know, like they buy one-day options. And it forces the guy to counteract the, all these yeah. options that they're writing, and they got to do something. And, you know, they're taking these guys to the wall every now and then. So yeah. maybe it'll happen again. I, 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 I think that between the fundamentals, we can all feel very comfortable with the, the fundamentals. For example, silver with their what, 237 million ounce shortfall this year, mm -hmm. you know? And then the guy writing the report, which is metals focuses. Yeah, but we think the price is going to $18 or something. Come on, give your head a shake, man. In the world, I know. You know, they make it sound like everybody and their brother's already buying silver and gold and everybody thinks it's going up. I just saw Ronnie Sturfla printed a, a tweet this morning about all of the investment banks, you know, say their target for gold for two years from now is $1,700 and silver is yeah, 21. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. What? Yeah. No, that's what they're wishing. I guess. Yeah. yeah. They try to talk it into existence. Um, all right. Let me go then to silver because 
and I'd invite everybody, if you know, if you're already on the Sprott Money page, you go to the insights tab and you can scroll back. And Eric and I last spoke at the end of December and, and you were very excited about silver then. It'd come up 30, 40% from its lows in early September of last year. Now it's it's up this year, but only a dollar. So like three or 4%. But I mean, you were really excited about the prospects for silver. I'd assume you still are. Oh yeah. Well, you look at the production, it keeps going down. Mm-hmm. And some of these countries, uh, you know, like Peru and other uh, South American countries, are having a tough time keeping production up. I saw where Glencore in the first quarter, I hope I'm not wrong in this, but their silver production was down something like, I think, like 15 or 18% in the quarter. Mm. So people are having difficulty keeping production up in silver because nobody's right. making a lot of money at, at $20 in silver. Right. You're, they're just hanging on by their fingertips, right? So you're not, nobody's out looking at or starting new mines. Uh, so I think from a production point of view, we're in good shape. I think from a consumption point of view, particularly, you know, we witnessed last year the Indians just buying silver by the bucketful. And even this year, you look at the amount of silver being bought by the Chinese, it's way up year over year. And I, I think they bought, uh, what was it, like 8 million ounces in uh March, so that's like a hundred million annualized. We only make eight hundred million, but if if you used to buy fifty, now you're buying a hundred. And we had a shortfall last year. Well, what's the shortfall going to be this year if these guys want to buy an extra fifty million? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, the U.S. Mint doesn't punch out nearly as many coins as they should. They could be doing forty million a year, and they do like twelve million or something. It's a joke. The the, the people, the interest is there already. So I've been a big buyer of silver here. I continue. There's two things I do. I keep buying silver and I keep putting on shorts. And I short the pigs, okay? And whether it's Amazon or Tesla, uh, names like that, uh, that Apple. Um, and I've short some bank stocks. And I just keep going a little deeper all the time because I think, man, this economy is just not going to make it. It's just one yeah. of those times. And, you know, in saying that, I mean, I was there in the NASDAQ crash and saw it way ahead of time. I saw the great financial crisis very clearly. It was easy. And I do I see a banking crisis today? Of course I do. How are these guys going to get off this real estate that they've all loaned money against? Right, right. right. Do, you, do, you, uh, do you remember the term, it was really popular 10, 12 years ago, called crack up, boom? Okay, yeah. Does that, does that do you think... Does that worry you if you're short or if you think the market's going to go down? Do you think we could that could still play out? Well, I don't think so. I just think the the banking problems are quite fixed. You know what I mean? Like, how are you getting yeah. out of this? These commercial real estate, as I'm looking at these buildings here in downtown Toronto, I mean, those buildings are worth 30, 40% less than they were a year yeah. ago. These are big tickets. We're talking about guys that lost a lot of money. And I, I think you're going to see more and more defaults on buildings and somebody's eating this stuff, right? And you look even at the banks and um, uh, these variable rate mortgages that we particularly have more so in Canada than you have. But, you know, guy's got a building, he's got a more a variable rate on it, and then the rate doubles on him if he can get the money. Right. If There's just too much of that around. It's just, it's almost a, like a deja vu all over again from the, the great financial crisis. Too many people speculated too readily in real estate and they ended up buying the second home or a home to rent to somebody. And all of a sudden the interest rate goes from three to 6% and the whole thing. 
falls apart. The whole thing falls apart. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody could have imagined that ahead of time, but they all should have imagined it ahead of time. Well, I guess that kind of then gets back to what we were discussing a few minutes ago. I mean, does the Fed have any option? I mean, they're going to have to choose, pick, you know, the right road or the left road. They're coming to a fork where they got to have, you know, forfeit all whatever credibility they think they have left. Let inflation just do whatever because they've got to keep the plate spinning or keep rates at 6% and watch everything collapse. I, I think ultimately, like the market's already basically priced in, what, 125 beeps of cuts here? Yeah. The market has, the credit markets have. And I, I think the realization will happen that uh, you may not see inflation in the sense that food prices come down or interest costs, which is a big cost to the average person, will come down. But when you see the industries being affected and people get job layoffs, and of course, these job numbers, in my mind, they were all phony before, okay? They used to say there's 200,000 a month. All of a sudden, well, we got a revision here. It's 240 now. It's 20% worse than we thought, okay? Meanwhile, the Fed's saying, well, we got a tight labor market. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, well, excuse me. And I, I would I find one inter- one layoff rather interesting this week. It was Ernst and Young laying off three thousand people. And, hmm, that's interesting. You don't make anything. You consult the people, and you know we can uh, we can give you a program for where you're going to be in five years. You know what? We don't want that. Yeah, we got to survive first. Right, right, right. <laughs> like we have no money coming in the door. Don't tell me how we can run it more efficiently. Yeah, and I just see that as okay. Now we're getting into the heart of the matter here. That mm-hmm. the companies don't have the money to spend on things like consulting anymore. So and or tax advice. Who needs tax advice when you're losing money? Right, right. I, My advice is if you're losing money, file your return. <laughs> I'm 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 laughing. Remember we used to do those weekly wrap ups, and so one Friday a month we'd always just sit there with pulling our hair out. You obviously did a little better job at that than I did. Um, whenever they'd have the data, like the jobs report, you know, it was just like, oh my God, what? And, and boy, these latest numbers have been. Now, another one's coming up here now. The, we got the Fed with the FOMC meeting next week. We've got the next jobs report on Friday, the 4th of May. Um, as you know, as, as we kind of go to wrap up, I'm going to type into Eric GPT. Um, and uh, ask Eric GPT to kind of project, you know, but maybe by the next time we talk, maybe late summer, about time a football season kicks off, where are we going to be? How, what's it going to look like? Well, you know, the famous saying, you deteriorate slowly and then all of a sudden. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I suspect, I mean, I'm a great believer in the theory of weakness begets weakness, okay? So when EY lays off 3,000 people, that's 3,000 people who got to change their consumption patterns right there. Okay? Yeah. And they're going to affect another whatever. And where's the strength coming from? Who is hiring out there uh, other than the government, maybe? And, and of course, they got their own problems with funding, which are just whistling past the graveyard, right? Oh, my. I don't know what that those governments are going to do about the tax revenues down, what, 20, 29% or something? Yeah. The tax revenue is down 29%. Well, excuse me, you can't be spent. I think in March, they spent 34% more year over year. And the revenue is down 29%. Uh, excuse me, that's a bit of a gaping hole here. It's got to be dealt with. So I just think we continue to go downhill. The weakness will get more weakness. We'll start to see car sales fall off and retail sales falling off. And everything under the sun is 
going to be affected, okay? The fact that guys stop building buildings, stop building plants. Yeah. Um, I just think it'll, it, it, we can't deal with these interest rates here. So yeah, I think they'll cut rates, but the damage may be cast in stone already. You yeah. know, that yeah. nobody wants to lend anymore. You know, yeah. you got a bank and they, they don't want to lend. They see how weak industry is and how weak people are. No, I'm not going to lend you more money. Mm-hmm. So, it's and like as you know, money supplies don't money. weigh down already, right? Well, yeah, and it's like all those businesses that don't want employers and young. You got to, you know, cut your voluntary, you know, excesses to try to trim fat. All the banks are doing the same thing. They're all looking out for number one, and don't, I mean, all roads seem to lead back to more QE, more fiat debasement, more. Somebody has to prime the pump again, right? Right. Weakness right. begets weakness. Who's priming the pump here to get us out of this jam? And of course, part of the priming is by cutting rates again. Well, imagine if we actually imagine the rates are going to go back to 1% and 2% again. Oh, my God. I think it'd be good for precious metals, okay? Yeah. And yes, you could have a bit of a crack-up boom in stocks. You never know. But I think the precious metals would way outweigh that. And I mean, I got open short positions. I don't really worry about it much. Yes, they're very volatile. You saw what happened to the high-tech names here uh, in the first quarter. They just went crazy on the upside. Well, now they're kind of giving it all back. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's let's have some fun here in, in the last couple of minutes. I mean, people used to love uh, when we talk every Friday and and uh, we'd take some questions. And pe- God, remember, we'd get like 90 names of people. Hey, have Eric talk about this one because they know that if you talked about it, it would open 20% higher, you know, that day and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's just for fun. You got a couple of, I don't know, silver explorers. You got to get with, if silver is going to go to the moon, you'd think there'd be some silver companies we might want to look yeah. at. Well, my, I've always thought that Discovery Silver would be, would lead the parade because they got more ounces per dollar invested than anybody else. So I would, and, and of course, I think every silver stock could go crazy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, literally hundreds of percent. Okay, if what happens is silver uh, manifests itself. Uh, so, and I've focused in the last year and a half on silver. And even in the last six months, I've been a physical buyer of silver a lot. Um, and it, the funny part is silver has actually outperformed the stocks, which is kind of weird. Yeah. You think stocks would do better than the price of silver would do, but. It could be that silver has been so manipulated and so depressed for so long that it just explodes out of here. That's kind of what I expect to happen here. So I like discovery. There's all sorts of other silver stocks that I own. I probably own like 30 of them and they're all great. And so, yeah, I know that I don't have 30 names for you. Right. But, but I, I remember you couldn't find I mean, you wanted to get into silver and there's just not that many opportunities. And I just, I that could be a big part of the calculus going forward too. Big part, the big part, because there's hardly any new guys for sure. We should talk about some stocks. Like I'm a huge believer in newfound gold. Okay. Okay. I'm going down to Newfoundland uh, to give a little chat down there. And I still believe in the whole geologic setting there. They keep coming out with these stunning, stunning results. And I, I think there's a short, guy quite active in the stock and almost every day in the last minute they close it down half of one percent it's every friggin' day yeah. this guy comes in and and knocks it down and like you know half a percent every day in 250 <laughs> days of trading that's 125 <laughs> less than where you should be 
Oh my God. So notwithstanding the fact you keep coming with these great results, you got people working against you. Uh, but I'm sure that uh, ultimately the whole Appleton fault that they're on is going to prove to be highly endowed here. So I'm at great hope for that. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm looking for some of these low grade deposits, whether it's two to our free gold in particular that look pretty spectacular. Um, yeah, it's amazing how when you have a good uh, drilling program, when I first bought free gold, they theoretically had 6 million ounces. And all of a sudden they pick up the paper, you know, three days later, they got 20 million ounces. Holy jeez. Because you get these holes that have, you know, 500 meter intersections. And they're, they're, they're endowed and things change very fast. So there's lots of good things happening in, in both silver and gold and even platinum and palladium look quite interesting these days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, again, I, People, if, if you do your research, uh, you find some independent voices that can help you out, you know, and kind of confirm what your thinking is. There's a lot of, I mean, I, as we've discussed, I mean, you get gold and silver going up, the shares, the gains in the shares are going to be uh, outsized. Yeah, outside, while everything else is failing. Right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Well, all right, my friend, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's just always so much fun to get caught up with you and uh, hopefully we can do this again, you know, like I said, around the start of football season, maybe, and see how things are going. In the meantime, safe travels. Um, keep helping us out by buying as much physical silver as you can. <laughs> do all the time. I and I want to say, look, I thought your article on uh, where gold was going to close when it uh, when the options expired was phenomenal. You're right on the money. I mean, the manipulation carries on here, but you know, now that the manipulation period is over, we probably got a good two months at least of finding a new level before we go into a little correction again. And but yeah. we should be fine. Well, that's thank you. I it, I very much appreciate the kind words. It's one of those things I don't want to be right about. You know, I'd much rather say, "Hey, gold's going to break out next week," and then it does, than have to warn everybody the banks are ready to sit on it for a week or two. Um, but it is what it is. It's the market that we have to deal with until we have something else. And so uh, hopefully we will have a nice run. Again, we, we get the, the Fed to shift policy maybe by June. Boy, yeah. silver gets a three handle and gold gets above 2100. It's going to be a hot topic. Game on. Yes, let's hope so. And before we get there, just your friendly reminder, add to your stack. Uh, you never know when prices are going to explode. And then all of a sudden you're chasing SprottMoney.com, the place to do it. 888-861-0775. And of course, give them a like or a subscribe on whatever channel you've been watching this. Eric, my friend, safe travels. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Hey, Greg, all the best. Good luck to everybody. And from all of us at SprottMoney News and SprottMoney.com, thanks for watching. We'll have more content for you next month.